0: Hey, friends and fellow Buffy lovers, and welcome to our podcast, where we discuss each episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in detail, focusing on digging deep into the themes, metaphors, and foreshadowing. I'm Leah. I'm Sarah. I'm Tabby. And this is Becoming Buffy.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Becoming Buffy. Um, This has been a week. (laughs) Hopefully, the best way to take your minds off of everything going on with the election is to talk about a dangerous, murderous puppet on Buffy.
0: seems logical.
1: (laughs) Yep. But at least this one isn't real. There is something good about it. That's true. But I will say about this episode, I was watching again this evening, and there are a lot of twists in this episode. Yeah. I always
0: forget about them. I think it's hard watching it back through because it's been so long since I've seen this episode for the first time. So I can't imagine very well what it's like watching it for the first time. And so when I come back to it, I always forget. I'm like, oh, yeah, like I know, you know, at the end, it's the puppet is good and all that. But like there's many, many times throughout this episode where Mm -hmm. you think they're leading you. It tricks you. Yeah. In a very traditional way. And then they're just kind of like, oh, curveball. like. It's a really cool yeah.
1: yeah. They introduce Principal Snyder in this episode. You think he's the villain at one point. Mm-hmm. You obviously think that the puppet's the villain. Then you think um Morgan. Morgan's the villain. There's like several different red herrings that they throw your way until the very end when you have the reveal and you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's it's kind of a clever episode, but as far as season one episodes, it's not really my favorite. Like I feel like Not a whole lot happens. I
0: think the stats of you know people who viewed it when it first showed kind of tells you that too. Because I think this is like what the one of the lower viewed episodes in the first season. Yeah,
1: this is the lowest Mm -hmm. rated episode for the entire show of Buffy, not just for season one. The entire show.
0: I watched like a um, a video one time saying that there was only like a handful of episodes on Buffy that have no appearances from a vampire at all so like not angel no vampire nothing and this 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 is one of those episodes Mm -hmm, and it mm -hmm. showed that like those episodes as a whole did way lower than episodes that had vampires in them because people were just like we want to see vampires well the whole hmm. episode is inside the school buffy i mean besides that one scene inside her bedroom where like you know the puppet show not Oh that's kill true. Her. I um thought but of she isn't that that. patrol. She doesn't do anything that's like normal that like it doesn't feel
1: like a Buffy episode. Yeah, yeah. it feels very different tonally mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. But before we get into things too far, just a friendly reminder as we do every week um that this is our spoiler-free review of The Puppet Show, and we will have the spoiler section at the very end. So if you want to know how this episode fits into the rest of the series and you want to know all the spoilers, then you can go ahead and just skip to that, or you can stick around and listen to this one. Um, but if you haven't watched all of Buffy, then strongly, strongly recommend um not listening to the spoiler section. But do what you want. You've been warned. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> so... The Puppet Show, written by Dean Matali and Rob Dis Hotel, directed by Ellen S. Pressman, and it aired May 5th, 1997. And okay, right off the bat, you can tell this episode is just very different because you have that weird yeah. purpley filter over um, yeah. the different acts for the talent show. Yep. Well, it's and then just it's The way it's weird.
0: filmed is very much how like Jaws was filmed. Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like you're the predator yeah from the viewpoint Mm -hmm. of the predator which is a very smart tactic when you are low
1: budget okay jaws should not have turned out as well as it actually did because the they shot for way longer than they were supposed to and they went way over budget and the reason why it was shot the way it was is simply because they ran out of time and it just kind of Accidentally yeah. turned out really well. Yeah. So Jaws is not necessarily like a good example of something that was intentionally done. Yeah. But I know what you're saying in the sense that you see things from the perspective of the shark right. most of the time, and yeah. you hear like the shark talked about a lot. So it's scarier than actually seeing the shark.
0: Yeah, and I I think that that's at least the the vibe that I get from this episode is very much like how do you make a tiny little puppet creepy? Without it making it super cheesy of him just flying around the room killing people. Um, and so I like the fact that Joss was creative and kind of, you know, made it more horror-y and chose to film it mm-hmm. in a way that puts you in the position of the puppet or even putting the, being put in the position of the hunted too. It's so like in the mm. room with Buffy, you don't see the puppet, but you hear the, him running around the room. And that's terrifying, like in and of itself, because you're, even though you're not seeing him, you hear the footsteps and you're like, crap, he's in the room. Yeah. And that's scary too. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think that the fact that they, they switch up the filming and the way that the episode feels kind of makes the episode feel a little bit more dynamic. Um, because I don't think that this episode is, the best in the show, not even the best in the first season, but I do think that it definitely was an episode that Joss took a little bit of risk on when it came to how it was filmed yeah, it really and how it was scary. made. And I think that it paid off a little bit. I think it made the episode like more interesting and more dynamic, more than some of the other episodes that were kind of supposed to be creepier, but just did not have the same impact as this one. Yeah. Honestly, this one did yeah. genuinely and still genuinely creeps me out. Like they really yeah. like accomplished what they were trying to go for. Yeah.
1: I agree. Yeah. Um, I wanted to read really briefly. So Rob Deshotel and Dean Batali um, kind of gave a little interview in this book um, that I love, The Watcher's Guide. And they talk about kind of the, creative writing process behind um, the scripts. And I thought that was really interesting because I'm always curious and like how how do these individual writers come up with these cohesive individual episodes and stories and still make it work with Joss's overall vision for the entire Mm -hmm. season. Um, So I was going to read it real fast. I thought it was interesting. So it says, they pitch Joss a number of ideas and Joss will pick one or more from the batch. They go off and develop those the secret to consistent excellence comes from sitting with Joss and then David Greenwald, the co-producer, for hours and hours and try to break the story out. In other words, separating it into beats and acts. Then the team goes back into their office to the whiteboard where the two try to piece stuff together. Then they go back to Joss and this process usually lasts a week or two. Wow. They say their beat sheet. Yeah. They say their beat sheet usually consists of one line or so for each scene. After Joss approves that, then they do an outline of around 10 pages. Rob added, for the most part, it's a lot of planning. It's one of the great things about this show is that it's planned in the story stage. We've been on plenty of shows where you're doing rewrites every day, all day, because you don't have the story broken down in the first place. Mm. You just sort of had an idea and then find no one's surprised the script doesn't work at all. So then you have to go back and do what you should have done in the beginning. So I think Joss is really, really good at planning ahead, knowing where he wants to go. And they talk about how Joss will be like, hey, so I want... I have an idea for this specific story point and write a story around that. And so they'll go and they'll do that. And that's why each of the individual like standalone episodes, like this one I would say is a pretty good standalone episode because nothing from the main storyline really happens. But you'll notice that there is still character progression that happens within the episode. Absolutely. So they know... They know, okay, we want to address Buffy's fear. We want to address Willow's fear, Giles, Xander, all that stuff, and also have a couple of other things thrown in there. Then we're just going to write a story around it. And so I just love the intentionality that's put into that.
0: Which is impressive because I've watched other shows before that have like one season kind of bad guys or story arcs. Um And they go by like each season instead of a whole show type theme. Um, But a lot of times the kind of negative side to that is the fact that you don't have enough time to develop your characters and things like that because you're so focused on progressing the seasonal storyline that mm-hmm. not everything else gets fully developed. But for some reason, I mean, not for some reason. It's a team full of brilliant writers. Um, but Buffy does an excellent job of creating well-rounded stories for each season, but yep. also having full dynamic characters that are fully developed and are being developed throughout each season.
1: One of the things I noticed on this last rewatch was that there is actually quite a bit of a similarity between the puppet, uh, Sid, and Buffy herself, which I never picked that up before. And it's kind of confirmed by the two writers. They talk about how they wrote the puppet show to be about the geeks of the school. Um And that once they got deeper and deeper into the script, they started to realize that there's kind of a kinship between Buffy and the puppet. And you see that in the episode, whereas like yeah. you have, um, you know, he yeah. hunts demons, Buffy hunts demons. He talks about how he dated a slayer and there's just like all these little parallels that you see. Um, between him and Buffy, which I thought was kind of cool. But anyway. Yeah. Well, and even the moment at the very end when you have Sid killing the demon and you have the vampire noise that they normally play when they get dusted, I thought that was really interesting and unique. I was like, why would they play that exact same sound effect? And I think they're trying to draw a parallel between Buffy and Sid to show um, kind of like this job has... um an expiration date, like being a slayer, you could actually die, yeah. you know, just like Sid.
0: That, and I think that they're lower, budget <laughs> and they don't really have much sound, any sound yeah. effects.
1: So they're just sticking with the ones that don't work. <laughs> could be. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I don't know. It's just interesting noticing those parallels. So anyway. All right. So the episode opens, you have that weird purpley filter and Cordelia is singing Whitney Houston's the greatest love of all Very, very
0: horribly. Oh, my goodness. Cordelia, she kills me because she just seems like the type of girl that would try at everything she does and think she's the greatest at it, even when she's not. Like, I feel like she would go out for, like, every sport ever. And if she, like, didn't immediately make, like, varsity, she would drop and they'd be like, oh, my gosh, I just was too good for that sport. Yeah, (laughs) I just couldn't play it because I just was too good. Really? I feel like things don't really face her. I feel like she's one of those things where she's a lot more um like emotionally intelligent than people give her credit for. That's true. So I can see her sitting there being like, I know I'm awful, but I'm really confident I don't really care. Mm. That's true. I don't see her being emotionally attached to it, but like her being aware that she's not the greatest.
1: I think her I think she's also smart enough to know when she's not good enough to do something. Um, and yeah. then she also doesn't have the confidence to accomplish it in such a way that would make her feel good enough to do it. You know what I mean? Like, she's obviously not good at singing. She doesn't know that. But her confidence kind of makes you feel like she can get away with doing it anyway. She She could be good. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And Giles just looks so done with this. He looks like he doesn't want to be there. It looks like
0: his worst nightmare, honestly. Yeah, exactly.
1: And that is a common theme in this episode. Like, everyone is kind of having to face their fears a little bit.
0: Miserable. (laughs)
1: Miserable. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, like, he, Giles has so many, I mean, I feel like I'm broken record to say this every single time we podcast. Giles has so many great one-liners in this episode. Like, the three of them walk up and he's like, oh, you three. He's yeah. just so funny. Yeah.
1: He, I think it's just Anthony Stewart Head is a phenomenal actor, and we're starting to see Giles become more of a multidimensional character, and I'm here for it.
0: I think we're just starting to see more of his character in Ooh, general. yeah. I feel like the first few episodes, Giles is just such a stuffy, like, stressed out character that you're very much like, oh, like, he's cool, but, like, there's not much to him. Whereas you're starting to see more of his, like, witty, funny, like, side come out, and you're like, yes, like, this is the Giles that I Hmm. love. I just, I appreciate the effortless slash innocent idea of giles as their librarian slash watcher i definitely definitely feel like if they had tried to do this show today they'd be stressing out trying to make him not seem predatory and creepy and old oh, yeah they would focus so much on his character and his relationship with buffy they would feel weird and forced but he's so nonchalant as a character and maybe that's just all due to the fact that Anthony Stewart is just a phenomenal actor. Mm -hmm. But like when he's there, you don't think much of him being older. You don't think much of him being like um, their teacher, their superior. He's just like a supporting character that's just great. And you believe his genuine friendship and like authority over them. That's a good
1: point, Tabby. Like you really don't think anything about the fact that this librarian hangs out with these three kids all the time. It's weird, you know?
0: Yeah, it's genuinely effortless. If I could, like, I don't know, have a word to describe it. Like, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel weird. Like, it just feels natural. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, Giles talks about how he got roped in to be the person in charge of this talent show by the new, as he calls him, their new Fuhrer, Principal Snyder, which we have a new principal now. Yay. (laughs) Yes. I
0: will say Snyder is one of those characters I love to hate. This yes. character kills me. I don't even hate him. I think he's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess I. Like, what is this? Is it like hate to love? Love, I love to hate. To, I don't know. Either way, he's amazing. I love him. He's just, he just kills me. And he comes in with such a bang in this episode of just like. They just set up his character just very clearly. Like, he's a very, like, straightforward character. Very you warm know. and welcoming. Yep. <laughs> very, yeah. very sweet. Very <laughs> kind. Believes the best. Like, just like,
1: loves the, the most students. Just really
0: character. wants to be there. <laughs> very low key. Such a principal you'd want to have in your life. <laughs> Someone you can grab a beer with. Yeah. yeah. Just such a down to earth man. A root beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they're underage. A root beer. Although they go to the boss the <laughs> all the time. <laughs> time.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you guys crack me up. So <laughs> Giles is like, I tried to talk him out a it. Doesn't he know that, you know, this is the last place I'd want to be? Because uh, Principal Snyder's like, hey, you need to, like, mingle with the kids a little bit more. Which I think is hilarious because Principal Snyder. He's like, no thanks. Yeah, exactly. Because Principal Snyder doesn't <laughs> like kids. Like, it's very clear.
0: Yeah, you never see him mingling with <laughs> right. kids. Right off the bat,
1: too, he's like, oh, children. No, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Buffy, Xander, and Willow make fun of Giles. And I love Buffy's line of, I think I'm going to take on your traditional role and watch. Kind of just like as a zinger. Yeah. Genius like, line. So well, and she's smart. kind of making fun of him as in like, you don't really do much. You're just going to watch. And yeah. which we all know is not true. And I think Buffy deep down doesn't believe is true either. But yeah. So then Giles is like, you guys could just, you could at least help or maybe like participate. And they're like, no way. We don't want to do that. And turn around and there is Principal Snyder and he overheard them making fun of a faculty member. So, of course, his punishment is you guys have to participate in this show.
0: Which, honestly, if he didn't know that they were good friends with Giles, me, I mean, I don't know, me being like an educator, in my mind, I'd be like, you cannot disrespect authority. You're going to do the talent show. It definitely is a very smart punishment to it is. Yeah. what they've done like if i was a faculty member and i heard some kids like being rude to another faculty right. member i would absolutely be like well looks like you're gonna have to be in the show that you're making fun of like oh, yeah. the petty side of me would be like that sucks punishment fits the crime for yeah, sure 100 percent. like you know from an outside view you're watching and you're like oh my gosh you know He's petty and annoying. Yeah, petty. What annoying. But then, like, you know, you get older and you're like, no, actually, I'm to I feel like I would side with him on this. You know, one. you're getting older if I when didn't you start know. siding
1: with Principal Snyder. I know. I'm like, I'm, I'm, just this one's low. I'm
0: like 19. I'm barely out of high school. I'm like, oh my gosh, back when I was in high school. The youth of this generation. Yeah, uh, it's like my generation. <laughs> to quote Schmidt. I'm like, oh, this generation is the worst. To quote Schmidt when you're out of high
1: school. <laughs> <laughs> like, ugh. Uh, you know back in my younger days <laughs> well with all your back problems you know might as well <laughs> that's true
0: that started before that's i'm true. pretty sure i started getting back problems when i was like in junior high so <laughs> i'm already gone i'm going through my midlife crisis right now <laughs> Leah would observe all the stress of her <laughs> other siblings For real? Get stressed out. seriously i like get out of the car and i literally sound like an eight-year-old i'm like oh (laughs) i feel that too (laughs) like getting out and then like i every time i like bend down i'm like ouch (laughs) leah sounds like our dad our dad moans and groans all the time because his freaking back (laughs) i know my whole body just constantly feels like it's in pain i feel like that's not normal but like i've just become so accustomed (laughs) to it that i'm like yeah i'm sure it's fine Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) moving on, (laughs) let's take a poll. Should Leah go see a chiropractor? Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes or no? Right. Yeah. Please email (laughs) us at becomingbuffingpodcast
1: at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Should Leah?
0: (laughs) We'll take a poll on the Instagram. On the Instagram. On Instagram. (laughs) You really do sound old, Leah. I sound old, too. On the Instagram. (laughs) On the gram of Instagram. (laughs) On the net. (laughs) On the net is gonna go you know on the interwebs <laughs> oh my gosh
1: anyway so okay they have to be in the puppet show and that little smirk that giles gives at the very end when they have to sit down next to him is just very satisfactory and <laughs> Yeah.
0: he's like ah all is right with the world I, de- I definitely have done that where it's like when the punishment fits the crime and you can see them being like oh dang i shouldn't have done that part of you is like wow
1: that was so, smug. That
0: was <laughs> so he's like proud teacher moment <laughs> here
1: for sassy giles yet again
0: always oh, here for it uh what did he say he said that's a kind of uh willy headed willy headed willy headed <laughs> yeah, uh type of thinking that got the last principal yeah eaten. he's talking
1: about like the touchy feeling like oh hey we're all gonna love each other stuff which apparently was what principal flutie was doing anything
0: <laughs> which is what ends up you know having people yeah getting eaten. yeah how dare they
1: how dare they be kind and decent human beings. Cause that's definitely a mindset right. type right. thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, don't be nice to kids. You're going to get, get eaten. Moral <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> yep. I think this next scene is interesting because you kind of get a glimpse of everybody's fears to a certain extent. Like Buffy talks about being scared of puppets and then Xander's kind of freaked out by the mime. And then Willow talks yep. about how she doesn't like to be on stage Um, either the scene or the next. And even, I I guess, Giles talks about how he prefers to be in the library versus out socializing with everybody. Like, this kind of seems to be his worst nightmare, listening to all these students singing and playing very badly. So I don't know. I think it's just interesting that they show how everyone is kind of not in their element. They're a little out of sorts. Yeah.
0: Um, And this episode, I was trying to figure out why Buffy was necessarily afraid of the Mm -hmm. puppet but since like sarah kind of explained that they're kind of mirrors of each other it could show that like buffy's like just like scared of the life of a slayer because this is Mm -hmm. the first season she still hasn't accepted her like quote-unquote fate Mm -hmm. she's accepted her life as a slayer and i think she's just scared that as soon as she decides to do that her whole life is just gonna be like has like a death note Mm -hmm. to it you know
1: Mm -hmm. that's an interesting parallel tabs i hadn't thought about that before
0: um I think that they wanted to give her a fear that, like Sarah said, that was relatable because they wanted to show that Buffy's a teenage Mm -hmm. girl. Of course, she's going to be scared of, you know, puppets or other stupid things like maybe bugs or whatever. I don't know. Like, because she's young and she has fears that are, you know, not zombies or vampires or whatever. And so, like, I like the fact that they wanted to give her something that seemed a little irrational. Um, because she's human. Like she's going to have fears that don't really make sense even when she has a bunch of strength. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. Um, yeah. So then you see Morgan and Sid and initially Morgan doesn't sound really great. Like you can tell that he's clearly, you know, speaking for the puppet, but then the puppet's voice changes and it becomes this deeper um, tone and you could tell Giles is kind of like sits up like, whoa, hey, this. This is impressive. This actually sounds, actually yeah, this good. Actually sounds yeah. really good. And I know we've talked about it before, but not to, like, rag on Xander yet again, but he kind of downplays Buffy's fear of puppets. Oh, 1,000%. And Very <sighs> insensitive. It's frustrating because, you know, then he's, like, afraid of mimes in that one second, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's the first time Buffy's yeah. ever expressed that she's afraid of something. And how many times has Xander yeah. been afraid in this entire season so far, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, just, it's also just very rude in general even if Buffy wasn't the vampire slayer and you know killing a bunch of vampires and saving his life like every day and every week <laughs> every moment it's also just ex- yeah it's also just extremely yeah. insensitive yep. to make fun of your friends when they're showing genuine fear yeah. like well, just sit there and be like ha stupid and juvenile yeah like when they're like genuinely like yeah this really creeps me out like even if it is a little silly and stuff like don't be a jerk like yeah I mean, the one that really gets me is not necessarily this part, because if this was his only time doing that, I'd be like, okay, you know what? That's, you know, someone being a little bit like making fun of the moment. But then later on when he like actually picks up Sid and is like, like using him Mm -hmm. and like mouthing him in front of Buffy and Buffy like genuinely looks terrified and he's like making fun for there. Like, that's when I'm like, yo, like Xander... Come on, dude. Read the room. You're, <laughs> you're, but you're also acting as if like you don't have juvenile fears mm-hmm. when you've yes. just shown that you're scared of a mime. Yeah.
1: yeah, You know, and we'll discuss that scene when we get to it too. But I think I think you're onto something, Tabs. I mean, yeah, it's just interesting, and it's a little it's a little frustrating to watch too because you're just like, okay, Xander. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, then we have that weird purple filter again on the dancer, Emily, backstage in the lockers. And then, you know, he attacks her. And then we hear that creepy voice that sounds very much like the puppet say, I will be flesh, which that line skeeves me out. Mm-hmm. So then we see Willow, Buffy and Xander are trying to rehearse and they're trying to do just a dramatic scene. And Xander's like, I don't, this is not working. I'm out. And I just want to say Buffy's outfit is so cute. She's wearing like this cute like yes. cheetah print or leopard print dress yep. with these black um, I think platform heels and but they're like boots.
0: She wears a ton of the platform boots as Buffy, I've yeah, noticed. They honestly they're become so cute. kind of like staple piece, staple pieces mm-hmm. in her wardrobe because later on in the the series like um, Buffy wears less dresses and stuff just because um I mean, we'll talk about this later but um practically wise they started shooting later at night and you sarah know michelle sarah michelle gillard was cold mm-hmm. and so she just started wearing pants don't blame her <laughs> at all but um the type of shoes I – because I remember before we started this podcast, I really was thinking about, like, what type of shoes does Buffy wear? Because I know for a fact she doesn't wear, like, tennis shoes, and she's not wearing, like, sandals. And so I was like, it's not heels. And then I watched one of these episodes, and I realized, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, they mm-hmm. gave her boots that were practical. But also cute but and also fashionable. But also super cute. And super you see it later. Like, she wears the same type of boots. I think they're a little shorter. But she wears the same type of boots pretty much all throughout yeah. the series you know, some are different colors or, you know, things like that. But it makes sense because they're practical, like, but they're also so Buffy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just like, oh, I love them. Everything about the show is so intentional, even down to like her shoes, like Buffy never wears something where I'm like, I wouldn't wear that slang. It's like, She wears things that are cute, but you also, like, they make sense. Yeah,
1: her – they actually called them – the stunt double called them Buffy boots because um, the stunt double actually – yeah, she asked um, Joss and the uh, set designer and the – or not set set designer, the costume designer and was like, hey, so a lot of times these shows – they put the actress in these heels and I have to jump off buildings and do flips and kicks and stuff like that. And it's actually very dangerous for the stunt doubles to have to do all those things. And she was like, can I wear something more practical? So they had her wear they call the Buffy boots, which was the very square platform heels that are actually stylish and cute, but they were incredibly comfortable and a lot safer for her to work in. Mm. And it adds to the realism of the show because, of course, Buffy would be wearing cute shoes, but then she also still needs to kick butt. Um, I will say the dress she's wearing is not practical for slaying, but she's not slaying right now. She's oh, for but she doesn't slay yeah. in this episode. Exactly, so. yeah. yeah.
0: When I say that, I, I say more so, like, on the time she's going out sure. patrolling. Yeah. Um, for the most part, like, her outfits are more suited for patrolling, yeah. but they're still very cute. There's a few times where you'll see her, like, in a skirt or a dress, like, if she knows, like, Angel's gonna be there <laughs> or something. Um... But like you can still see. kick in a skirt though. Yeah. And even if you flash somebody, you're gonna dust them anymore, <laughs> yeah, So It's <laughs> not like it means anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean the thing is is that she still has to look cute. But I just love I love the outfit, I love the boots, but I also love her hair. It's in a ponytail and we haven't seen Buffy's hair in a ponytail, it's so a cute. Whole lot and I just I love it. It's adorable. So anyway, moving on from that. So they're trying to rehearse. Xander's like, okay, I can't do this. This is hard. And then you find out that Willow plays piano. And they're like, okay, Willow. So cute. Yeah, she would play piano, though. Like, it makes sense. Oh, yeah. And she's like, no, I'm afraid of being on stage or I'm afraid of playing in front of other people. And then Morgan and Sid start doing their act. And Morgan slash Sid, I mean, we'll just say it's Sid, starts hitting on Willow in – a really creepy manner. And Willow's trying to be kind mm. and is like, you're getting really good, Morgan. And then he like keeps hitting on her and Xander to his credit steps in and is like, Hey,
0: I thought he only stepped in because he started objective. No. Okay.
1: Buffy. I thought it was, so when like- I was watching it, I was looking for that. Cause I know there was a disagreement. So the puppet is very clearly talking to Willow, not Buffy. And the reason I know that is because Willow gets up and walks over to where Morgan and Sid are sitting. And the, Puppet has to turn his head to look at Willow as he's talking to her. Um, and then Xander steps mm. in. So I appreciate okay. that Xander... That's a little yeah. bit better.
0: Yeah. Because I thought it was like he was objectifying Willow. Yeah. He didn't say anything. And then he started objectifying both of them. And then he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, yo, dude, Xander, <laughs> like your friend Willow was objectified right, right before that and he didn't say anything. But that, that makes a lot more sense and makes me a little bit Yeah,
1: I really liked that Xander kind of steps in is like, "Hey, you like need to tone it down." And Buffy as well. And I just I don't know. I think that mm-hmm. I try to give Xander props where I can because it's far and few between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. And we have this funny scene between Giles and Principal Snyder where essentially Snyder singles out Buffy, Xander, and Willow as the bad sheep. He talks about how kids need discipline, and then he like refers to like How Principal Flutie was leading the school, and he's like, There's like all this spontaneous cheerleader combustion, and like referencing all this stuff that's happened in the past few episodes. And then he says, And it's going to be quiet from now on. And then you hear like the scream from the locker rooms. I mean, did we think anything else was going to happen? I mean, come on, Principal Snyder. You've been here for a whole day. You should know already.
0: But also, like, not not only is it in Sunnydale, but the last. Principal literally got eaten by students. So what do you expect?
1: I would expect the worst every single day. Well, the thing is, he doesn't know they were eaten by students. The lie that went around was a pack of wild dogs. But, like, okay, what are the odds of a pack of wild dogs? But
0: I think people just say that just to make themselves feel better. You think that a pack of wild dogs (laughs) snuck into a school, got all the way to the principal's office, ate him, and just left. Yeah, and
1: didn't eat anybody else. That was the
0: whole, like, and no one, there was no security, there was no, like didn't need anyone else just only went for the principal i will say like i am very 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 thankful that joss and the writers team decided not to have xander in that scene Mm -hmm. because i don't Mm -hmm. think i would have been able to look at him the same and i'd be like uh nope
1: yeah i think they knew that that was a line they couldn't cross
0: Oh, oh, especially
1: yeah. like Although in the first in the season. Ne- Although the next scene he
0: tries like, you know. To rape Buffy. raping yeah. Buffy. So, you know.
1: <laughs> which one? Yeah. Which one? That is <laughs> true.
0: And then pretends like he doesn't remember. Oh, yeah. Last that up again. Yeah. How many times yeah. do we
1: have to record the fact? Let's just not talk about it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Goodness. So we find out the dancer, Emily, was killed and her heart was removed and Giles doesn't think that it's a vampire because there's a large butcher knife. Um, and he's like, you know, it just doesn't seem like it was something that a human would do. Buffy's like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's the whole mouth. And Giles says something really interesting. He says, I'd like to think it's a demon, if it's a, a, like, cause a demon is just corrupt and really evil. If it's a person, it mm-hmm. becomes a lot more complicated. And I thought that that was a really Given. good line because up till now, I feel like it's been very black and white. Um, maybe except mm-hmm. for angels a little more gray, but angel has a soul, which I think helps with right. making the distinction a little bit clearer. Um, in mm-hmm. this case, demon bad, you know? And so if it's a human, yeah. what do you do if it's I like, guess, a slayer, well, you, you know?
0: you can kind of like almost see what Buffy's thinking in her mind because it's like she's a slayer. Her life's purpose is to stop any evil thing. That means like a demon, a vampire, any forces of darkness. And in her mind, she's like, oh, shoot. If this is a real person, I don't know where my line of jurisdiction mm-hmm. you know, is drawn. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. in this situation. Do I talk to police? Like, who do I go to? Yeah if this is like a real human being, like they're all like really kind of just like grossed out by the fact that it could be a human being, which I would be too. One, I think it's also like, it's easy to compartmentalize when, you know, you're a slayer, slayer. And you're like, okay, these are demons. These are bad. These are people. These are good. And so it's like, once you start adding in just awful people, I think that's when her job becomes a lot harder, like you were saying. And it also just becomes harder to, kind of compartmentalize things because you're like crap like there isn't just demons and people like there are demons and bad people and who look who can look like mm-hmm. demons and it's like but where do I fall in line with right. them like yeah I can only imagine that kind of like rocks her world a right. little bit and I think we've seen corrupt people so far like um uh, Amy's yeah. mom. I was thinking she was her. definitely corrupt, That's true. but she didn't kill anyone. She tried to maybe with the ax later on <laughs> in the episode, but she didn't actually kill anyone. It was more of just misogyny and like trying to control Amy and like physically taking over her mm-hmm. life. And I also think it's different when someone is going after Buffy and someone is going after like an innocent bystander. Like if Buffy's fighting them, you kind of assume they're going to fight back. But like. Someone That's going true. out and searching someone in, the, like in cold high blooded school murder. and cold-blooded murdering yeah. them is so much different. Especially at that age, too. Like, high school's so young, you don't you don't think that someone is capable of, like, manslaughter, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah.
1: yeah, those are all interesting points. And I am going to be curious to see how the show flushes exactly. Blushes it out a little bit more and kind of makes a distinction maybe between Buffy's role mm-hmm. as a slayer and then her role as, you know, just a human being. It
0: only gets messier yeah, from here right. on out. Those of you <laughs> have not seen Buffy. Whoa, spoilers. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we will have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of discussions about this yep. specific topic. That is something topic. that we can't necessarily spoil, but we can yeah. let you guys know it only gets more complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I mean, the first season's great. You know, it definitely sets like the ground rules and like everything for the future seasons. But I'm just really excited to like have more dialogue with everyone mm-hmm. about certain stuff in the future. Um, like the fan base is very split on a ton of things. Yeah. So it's just really fun to talk about all the people. And not a lot of my friends are huge
1: Buffy fans. So it's kind of fun that, to like, have this
0: podcast. And
1: yes, I'm mm-hmm. trying. <laughs> So then they all decide to split up and go ask random people in the talent show.
0: Yeah. And one of my favorite little like clips during um, this like little montage is um, Xander talking to Cordelia. And she goes like, Mm -hmm. oh, my goodness, uh, me and Emma were like best friends. I'm going to miss her. And Xander goes, Emily. (laughs) and She's like, oh, yeah.
1: And he's, like, holding his head the entire time yeah. like she's giving him a headache. It was super funny.
0: Yep. Or Giles talking to that one The kid magician. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick he's like, card. pick a card. Not that
1: card. <laughs> it's yeah. all good. This card. I think it's funny that they keep putting Xander with Cordelia yep. because he obviously hates her so yep. much.
0: But I also think that it's so good for Xander because, like, she just kind of, like, shows him how annoying he can be.
1: Yeah, like, she's very selfish.
0: Because Cordelia is very much all about herself, but I think that so is Xander in his own it's way. True. And so I think that putting him with Cordelia is so brilliant Yeah, because it just, like, really humbles him. They have a lot of hatred chemistry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so every single person, except for Cordelia, is kind of like I saw Emily hanging out with Morgan or like Morgan the seems a little weird. The consensus of all
0: of these was that Morgan seemed creepy.
1: Yeah. Um. So Buffy sees Morgan. She decides to go talk with him and she sees Morgan talking to Sid,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which people had mentioned before. And it's not yeah. abnormal if he's trying to learn how to throw his voice. Yeah, but which honestly seems... was
0: such a good lie of him just mm-hmm. to just like, oh, I'm learning how to throw my voice. Yeah
1: but he seems very agitated and she can tell like something's not mm-hmm. right. And he like puts the dummy inside of the case and says something like it's him. He's listening or he said something.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then right before he closes the box and it's like looking at her. So yeah. creepy. You never see the eyes move, but you see after like a few seconds, you look back down and the eyes are
1: looking at her. Yeah. So creepy. Oh my goodness. I think it's especially creepy knowing that buffy's freaked out about it knowing that it scares buffy kind of makes you as the viewer a little nervous Mm -hmm. it's
0: just interesting just does such a great job of like whatever the characters are feeling we're feeling especially with buffy Mm -hmm. and so it's like when she feels like she can conquer it then we feel like she can conquer it right but like when she feels scared by something we're like oh my goodness like that's scary because
1: buffy doesn't get easily scared right so Buffy goes to the library and is kind of like, okay, I think it's Morgan. I think that we need to like do some more research into this. And Xander is so over Cordelia.
0: Well, Buffy doesn't think it's Morgan. Like, they're talking and I think she's still like, I, I don't know, I just the demon. Yeah, like but she thinks Morgan's human. involved
1: somehow. And so she's like, we need to research right. more into this. Yeah. Um, but I love how Xander is just like, can somebody else be on Cordy duty next time? He <laughs> yeah. says,
0: if I talked to her for five minutes, we would have had another organ donor. Yeah,
1: It's <laughs> <That's> a horrible <laughs> thing to say. And Giles, I think it's interesting because he's stressed out by this. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this down yep. too. Go ahead. You can say okay, it. I didn't it. want to cut you off. <laughs> no, you're fine. But,
0: like, it just is so interesting to me that, like, Giles is so, like, stressed out and he's just, like, all of our butts are on the lines here. Mm-hmm. Snyder's looking at all of us. We need to make sure we don't step out of line. Blah blah. blah. And Buffy's just like, but we just, like, we, we need to track down the killer. Like mm-hmm. The killer is more important. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's so interesting because, like, Giles is living the life that yep. Buffy has to live every single day, yep. balancing between Slayer and normal life. Mm-hmm. And Giles is now having to, you know, juggle being a watcher and you know being on school staff which i arguably is not nearly as much as buffy has on her shoulders but it's very interesting to see how he reacts when he's under this pressure versus Mm -hmm. when buffy goes to this Mm -hmm. every single day right because he's all like i can't do that and she's like okay i guess i have to do both (sighs) it's definitely a lot for him this episode he's definitely very influenced by his fear and his anxiety in yeah, this episode
1: right well and it's showing that giles's fear is of having to manage all these kids and being mm-hmm. in these situations you could tell he is not comfortable in social settings he prefers being in the books and having to be out there with all these students and stuff is kind of stretching him a little bit mm-hmm. but buffy goes up and she's basically like giles priority she's like these murders yeah talent show like kind of telling yeah. him hey what is the priority here and i just think it's really interesting kind of a role reversal a little mm-hmm. bit so then buffy's like all right i'm gonna go check out morgan's locker because there's something sketched yeah. let's see if he has a heart in there
0: yeah and the whole scene of her like in the hallway and by the locker is so horrorish like yeah. the lights are darker someone's like, watching him from a, the door yeah it's a narrow mm-hmm. like hallway which is a you've jump ever, scare with snyder yeah, if you've ever seen like a lot of horror movies there's always like a narrow shot Mm-hmm. Where, like, it's just the person and they're in this narrow room, usually a hallway in like some hotel or something. <sighs> so, it's like the fact that she's like in the school hallway, it's a narrow shop. Music is super horry, the lights are dim. She has that jump scare with like Snyder, mm-hmm. it's just such a horror film type scene. Mm-hmm. Well, it just reminds me of the first scream because, like, the, the killer scream movie, uh, yes, yeah. the first scream movie, yes. Because the the murderers are two boys in the high school and there's one scene where she goes into the bathroom. And it's the same thing as echoey and no one's in there. And then you see the killer's feet in two stalls. Oh, yeah. It's kind of reminds me of it's like it, it feels safe when you're in a
1: public area. Mm-hmm. Yet like they're there as well, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, very creepy. So she's trying to break into Morgan's locker. I like how she's like two to the left or two to the right or something, and yeah, like and as then if she's gonna like it in. as if she's gonna do the actual combination. I think, like in her
0: mind, she's like, if someone's listening in, at least I can say, "Oh, yeah. dang it, I actually broke it." Well,
1: it's, it reminded me of Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, where they're like the door's locked and she like coughs as she breaks it open. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> true. <It's open> <laughs> and then Snyder's basically saying like, "There's three things that I hate: it's kids <sighs> loitering, hearts being cut out, and smoking."
0: Yeah, such just such <laughs> uncomparable things. So it's like, hmm, people being uh, brutally murdered in my school, but there's also litter in the courtyard. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm going to dominate all of the issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And he says, There's something going on with you. Uh-huh.
1: And then they pan over and you see Morgan and Sid mm-hmm. looking through. And then hey. he says, I'll figure it out sooner or later, mm-hmm. which I think it's interesting that he has her pegged almost like he knows something. So then Sid and Morgan. You watch them have a dialogue, and Morgan is basically like, no, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. And he's like, saying she's the one. She's really strong. Mm-hmm. She has to be the one. He's like, she's the last, just this one. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting that the, the episode doesn't try to hide the fact that there's something up with the puppet. Like, you never yeah. are watching this and going – it, it's probably not yeah. the puppet. Sure, the
0: puppet's fine. There's something going
1: on with the puppet. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, right. And I
0: like that um, this episode was written to be like the typical puppet horde episode, but mm-hmm. like with a twist. Yeah. Which I really, really like. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this a bunch of times is that... Um, nothing is ever as yeah, it seems. Yeah, nothing is ever as, yep. as it seems. And Joss Whedon really does live up to that. Like, Especially every time, episode. Yeah, every time you think it's going to be something different, that is super in your f- and what everyone else would go for. They go for something with a little bit of a twist, which I love. Other than Angel, the surprise of Angel being a vampire, this is the first one where you see kind of
1: a twist in an episode. So then we go to Buffy's room and her mom comes in and I love how Buffy's like putting on lotion in the scene it just feels very real like this is what you would do right before bed and her her mom's like oh I'm really excited about going and seeing your you know your talent show and she's like mom if you really love me you will stay far away yeah which this
0: is absolutely a conversation I've had with my mom before (laughs) Um, I used to be in track and cross country and I was awful at it I was so bad I I think (laughs) the only reason I did it was because one of my best friends was on the team at the time so we would just hang out yeah um but i absolutely hated it i just terrible and my mom would always be like oh my goodness i'm gonna come to your meets and i would be like please don't i'm <laughs> terrible like i don't yeah. want you to see this same thing when i was in softball i didn't invite anyone
1: i knew i was like <laughs> i'm not gonna be playing please don't come well i think joyce is just so excited that she's doing, doing something, something normal yep. yeah. but i think i love how she's like something's bothering you and all I could think was, I'm um, a girl and her school just got murdered. How, does, how did they yeah. not send out a memo to all the teachers? They like, probably hey, want to cover it up.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. But if if it's the kids Sunnydale, are going to be
1: going home and telling their
0: parents, like, the school. But you don't know, though. Some kids are just be like, unless they're best friends with Emily or Emma, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not going to be really talking about it, especially in yeah. Sunnydale. People kind of brush it under the rug. Yeah. And so I doubt they would talk to their parents about it. But I, I think know. it's really sweet, though, that, like... Joyce is, like, trying to, like, connect with Buffy and be like, Mm -hmm. hey, like, what's going on? I think it's also a correlation, too. They hide their physical demons inside the Mm -hmm. show, and then it's kind of a correlation between people just hiding their mental demons to people. They're like, I'm just going to ignore it. There's a huge demon over there. I'm going to ignore it. I'm not going to talk about it to anyone because like, I don't want to open up that whole
1: thing where I have to acknowledge all the other dead demons. Sure. I think it's really interesting that Joyce is so excited and she pops in mostly in the episodes where Buffy's doing what could be seen as like normal teenage girls Mm -hmm. things, with the exception of Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. She was suspiciously absent for. I'm still like really curious why they didn't write her She in was there. out at her in her museum, her art gallery. Her museum, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was chilling so this part I feel like is the creepiest part of the episode or one of the creepiest parts so Buffy's trying to sleep and you hear like the little footsteps running in her room
0: no 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 but before that is when she turns off her light and the puppet is in her window so creepy every single time I watch this episode I forget about that scene and it comes up and I get scared all over again I'm like ooh like it just gives me the chills the fast tiny footsteps is what gets me and they're light too they did a really good job of making it like an I just think of Poltergeist with the freaking
1: clown toy that moves you and all bed. your horror movies. I just I hate them so much. But then it jumps in the bed with her and like <sighs> she wakes up and so the, the the scene is purposefully very dark. You cannot see very much. Yeah, you just so you kind of like feel like shadows. Buffy. Like
0: you just you can hear it. Like I know it was Sid, but I have no evidence, which is how she feels. She's like, something clearly attacked me, but mm-hmm. she can't tell people it was the puppet.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um Sarah Michelle Geller admitted to having nightmares about puppets after this. Um, episode. I, it. It. I would too. Yeah. Um. Her mom comes in. And I love how she's like, I'm sorry for waking you up, mom. And she's like, oh, it's okay. I was just dreaming about bills. So then her mom leaves the room and is all like, hey, you shouldn't sleep with the window open.
0: Yeah. Ooh, Aww. so creepy. I can't. If I heard that, I, I literally think I would pack my stuff up and leave. It's
1: creepy that he opened the window from the outside. That's just creepy. And it was a pop. Ugh. Okay. Yeah.
0: I don't even know how you'd be able to do that. Because I think, I, doesn't her window like, isn't it one of those that like opens out instead of up?
1: No, it opens up. Oh, yeah. okay.
0: Well, yeah. then never mind. I'm I'm not <laughs> as impressed now. I thought <laughs> it was one of those ones that
1: opened up. I'm like, how would he
0: even do yeah. that?
1: Yeah. So we're back to the stage. And all I have written down in my notes is, Magician is awful.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know my notes are just as detailed I have Cordy lol <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I love how he's just like has anyone seen the white rabbit yeah. and then the girl goes inside and he's all like um you're supposed to leave <laughs> I'm like this is how I would be if I was a, a magician and then Cordelia is talking to Giles about yep. her song and she's like no but my song is about dignity and human feelings and personal hygiene or something <laughs> Like completely, completely doesn't know what she's
0: singing yep. Yeah,
1: and then Giles pulls the ultimate
0: just mean move on her, and he's just like, uh, is there something wrong with your hair? No, no, he j- no. no. Just, he looks at her and he goes, huh? She's like, what? And he's like, your hair. And she's like, <laughs> "So evil. what? Of course. She's like, I knew it. And she walks away. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, Oh, huh. Xander was right. It worked like a charm. <laughs> I yep. could just imagine them having that conversation. Oh, yeah. Then, like, the one thing that unites them. He's like, um, Xander, can
1: you tell me the best way? Well, po- bit of Cordelia. <laughs> totally
0: off topic, but every time we try and impersonate Giles, we have to have the British accent. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: synonymous with Giles. So I wrote down references to bunnies. Because there's a lot of reference yeah. for bunnies in this it's episode. Fun. Like you obviously have the magician with the white rabbit. He's looking for it, and then you have the bunny suit that she talks about. It would be funny if she was wearing a bunny suit, or she should be seen as like a talent. She's like, "What do you want me yeah. to do? Wear a bunny suit?" Right. And we know Joss named Buffy Buffy because it was supposed to be a name that represented like a ditzy scared. girl that was scared. A white rabbit, uh-huh. blonde hair. Yep, exactly. So it's just interesting how he names the characters appropriately, but I think it's always supposed to be a representation of Buffy's fear. Mm-hmm. Like dressing up as a white rabbit, just like showing that Buffy's actually scared in this episode. It's
0: it's kind of deep. Yeah. yeah. So then Buffy walks in and she, like, you can tell she just like hasn't slept well. She yeah. seems very like out of it and mm-hmm. just like not really herself um and it's kind of like sad because no one in the group kind of acknowledges it very well they're kind of just like oh you seem a little
1: off yeah they don't believe her they kind of dismiss or don't dismiss her but jazz is kind of like yeah well, like why
0: would the puppet come and attack yeah. you yeah Right, which is so funny because I'm like you live in a world with witches, demons, vampires and you don't believe a puppet can be alive really Yeah, like that's Mm -hmm. where your
1: you know logic stops. Mm -hmm. Yeah and Jazz is like well in my research I did run across one thing that had to do with hearts but it also had to do with brains and he's like there's a brotherhood of seven demons that they became human but in order to maintain their human form they have to have a brain and a heart of a human every seven years and they're like okay cool that sounds like a plausible thing we'll look into that more yeah and then they start talking about Morgan
0: and Sid again, and then Sid kind of like looks over at them or his eyes are like kind of like from across the Ugh, so um, creepy, seats. yeah.
1: And then I we have the weird classroom scene where Morgan, Ooh. he just seems to be getting more and more agitated every time yeah. we see him. And in. he
0: also just seems like he's barely hanging on to sanity. Like yeah. you can just tell he's just not. He's very Yeah. I made a correlation between like his head turn and Miss French's. Although Miss French was, um, her name was Miss French, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean in Teacher's Pet? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, When she turns, obviously like, I don't know how everyone didn't see it (laughs) but in this scenario morgan is doing it yeah it's just weird so by him staring at her everyone doesn't think anything of it it's weird
1: all around that you have the puppet in morgan's room or sorry in morgan's lap on in the classroom well i
0: think the only way that they got away with that was probably the fact that like they were preparing for the talent show Or the talent show was that day Um, i think it was that day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so they were allowed to have their props or things like that in the school because i know when i was in high school They would allow us, like, if it was a pep rally or if it was things like that, we needed. You could be in costume. Yeah, and we needed things for the pep rally, we were allowed to have it with us. Same thing if you were in sports. When
1: I was in Mm. softball, I could be dressed up throughout the day, and then because we have to leave that day. Yeah. But it's just interesting because if you're assuming, okay, the puppet is the bad guy at this point, and then Morgan's talking about how he used the voice as an impression of his dad, you're thinking this could be a metaphor for having like a parent that is um, being abusive to their child. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Uh, Cordelia makes a dig about the puppet watching Buffy. Like, oh, yeah. how cute. Buffy has, I mean, not Buffy, Cordelia has such good whiners in this episode. Like, everything she says in this episode is just so funny. I was cracking up because after she made the dig, she, like, sits back and, like, tosses her hair like, wow, that was a good one, Cordelia. Yeah, <laughs> <I> Totally tell <laughs> what you saw you. Patting herself on the yeah. back right there for that one. And then Sid just keeps, like, talking in class. And so the teacher takes him, and you can hear him talking from in the cupboard. Well, he
0: says, I'm still watching you, which i didn't and I, I know you guys probably caught this on but I didn't make the correlation that he's talking about Buffy when yeah. he says that whereas everyone thinks like he's just making a joke like yeah. I'm still watching everyone yeah. but he's like clearly talking to Buffy which is terrifying yeah
1: yeah and so Morgan's looking increasingly stressed comes back in afterwards and asks the teacher and I thought this part was kind of sad because he's clearly agitated and the teacher's trying to give him advice yeah I wrote that
0: down too I was like the Mm -hmm. teacher is actually handling this pretty well like Mm -hmm. she's asking like hey is everything okay at home like what's she doesn't give him the cold shoulder when he walks into being like you know, you shouldn't do that in classrooms. Yeah, she doesn't even reprimand him Mm -hmm. at all. She's just like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, she just Mm -hmm. seems like a very sweet teacher, which we don't really get much of at Sunnydale. True.
1: And then Sid's gone, and he says, he knew to wait for me. Yeah, where could he have gone? Mm -hmm. And then this is so unexpected. It gets me every time, but then you see Sid, and someone's holding him, and it's Xander. I forgot about that. It's so weird and kind of jarring. Yeah. Xander's over there, like, pretending to talk as the puppet. Buffy looks so scared when she walks in. see, this is another thing that I was talking
0: about, like, Xander is not taking Buffy's fear realistically. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so mean. Like, he can tell that Buffy's shaken up. He can tell that Buffy is scared. And, like, Buffy never throws their fears in their faces. Mm -hmm. But Xander takes it as an opportunity to hold power over her because he wants to feel powerful. I I noted so much Giles' sass in this episode just because I think (laughs) that he's so stressed that he's so easily agitated mm. in his facial expressions. Mm-hmm. So, like, when Zed's is banging him on the table and says, Red Rum, like, Giles has a face of just like, oh, my word, someone shot him up. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I'm
1: so annoyed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Rum is from, um, yeah. what's that movie? Uh, I know, I know yeah. what you're talking <laughs> what about. What is the movie? Oh, The Shining. Uh, yes, from yes, The yes, Shining. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe we he forgot writes The Shining. I know, the, I know. That's embarrassing,
0: man. You um, haven't seen it. I know. Just, see, I get a pass because I haven't seen it, but you guys have seen it, so...
1: Um, it's embarrassing
0: for you. Just to give,
1: <laughs> not to justify what Xander's doing by any means, but it is clear that the puppet kind of unnerves Xander as well, and so I think mm. that Xander he puts it down and faces it, it away. Mm-hmm. I think Xander making fun of it could be seen f- as two things. It could be seen as Xander trying to cope with the fact that it unnerves mm. him. He's the too. class clown, and so what he, I said earlier, right? we well, so see him cope, humor,
0: like he copes with things. There is totally. right. totally. So it
1: scares him so he makes fun of it and It also could be seen as because it scares him and he knows it scares Buffy. He's trying to like make fun of it to Mm -hmm. make Buffy feel better too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am definitely a pessimist. So I take it in the wrong way of like, he just wants to be seen as strong in person to
1: her. It's not compassionate at all because I think what Buffy would prefer most is if he just put it down and stopped. Because you can tell that she's clearly unnerved by it. But I think that's him in his way trying to make her feel better and also kind of himself too. Yeah, maybe. But Giles' face, he looks so irritated and disappointed in the scene and then you have um, uh, he leaves or is about to leave and Giles and Willow are standing there and Giles says what do we do with him which I think is hysterical because he could be meeting the puppet or he could be meeting Xander he's probably meeting Xander (laughs) yeah so Buffy's like, all right, I need to go look for Morgan because you know I want to talk with him without the puppet. And Xander then sits down the puppet, which maybe it could also be him trying to appear macho in front of Buffy. Mm. Because once again he thinks that's what I'm Or man maybe is all to the above. Like. Yeah, it's probably all the above. And that's yeah. why I love this show. There's so many different things that it yeah. could be. And like, and it's a little scene with the puppet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The scene
0: and like the stage where she's walking around and it's all creepy. creepy. And then Snyder pops up again. This triggered my fight or flight so much (laughs) because the way he words it i'm sure people who have been victims in the past of like older teachers or things like that Mm -hmm. this has got to trigger them because the way he says it is i wonder how safe it is for a girl to be here alone mm-hmm. and like well, a close creepy dark yeah. place like that sentence is just very much you feel like it's leading somewhere else right mm-hmm. well that but I also feel like some reason they were trying to pin Snyder off as the villain for oh a yeah well this is his first episode mm-hmm. right, right so it totally makes sense because anytime people are new in Sunnydale like they're usually the villain because it's like oh we haven't seen this person before mm-hmm. It just, this scene always, like, kind of gives me the creeps because I'm like, oh, like, is he the villain? Like, I fr- yeah. I haven't seen this episode in so long. Maybe he was the villain. I just forgot. You see him and then you see, we'll see it later on, but it's with him and Giles. And it really, like, it, mm-hmm. you get the feeling, yeah. like, oh, is
1: he the, you know, mm-hmm. demon? He just definitely seems, like, off. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the dude. Well, he creeps me out. Well, they're intentionally setting him up so you don't like him. They called him a Nazi. Mm-hmm. They called it Or the Fuhrer you, you see him bashing An entire political group <laughs> You see him Making everybody Do the talent show Like there's he just He says multiple. he hates kids He says he hates kids yeah. yeah there's just Multiple instances Where they're not Painting him in the best light
0: Well and it's also creepy Because it's like He keeps just showing up Everywhere where Buffy is Which is mm-hmm. terrifying Like he found her At the lockers He finds her here You're just like How is this dude everywhere?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I it's,
1: it's interesting That it you took it out. that way Because I took it as I'm not sure how Safe it is for a girl To be here alone is incredibly patronizing and her like saying i can take care of myself like he just kind of assumed oh my goodness you shouldn't be down here because you're weak and poor and pathetic Mm. you know yeah
0: see i I didn't take it like that at all you took it as creepy and i took it as like well i took it as like see i took it as like see i took it as like (laughs) him trying to assert dominance over her being like oh you're weak you shouldn't be here clearly
1: it's (laughs) three-dimensional yeah (laughs) (laughs) i guess we
0: have a lot of different opinions on this one episode
1: yeah um and then you can see Moloch on the door behind them. from Yeah, I you Robot pointed Eugene. that out when we were watching it. Yeah. And I was like,
0: I would have never, ever pointed that out. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Maybe this, I said this earlier. I was like, maybe this episode was supposed to be before the last one to kind of like transition into like Moloch. But, or it could have know. just been a nod back mm-hmm. to the previous episode. Yeah, Never really be. know.
1: Also, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's hair is a little bit lighter in this episode because mm. she was just finishing up or either getting ready to or something like that um, filming I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is a horror movie. And it's the movie with Freddie Prince Jr. in it. It's the movie that they met.
0: Aww. Yeah.
1: So cute. baby Buffy met her future husband.
0: That's so cute. They didn't start dating until like, I think,
1: season two or three. Season three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's something that's crazy. That's so cute. Nope. So back in the library, Willow finds um, that inanimate objects can become human after harvesting organs. And then that we find that the puppet is gone. Um, and Xander's freaked out. I love how Giles and Willow both jump, like, mm-hmm. oh, looking for the puppet. Um, and then Buffy finds Morgan's body and his brain is got yeah, which it's oh, so sad. it's really sad cuz oh, yeah. you really start to
0: feel for this character like yeah. you can see him really going through it you don't really know what's going on with him you just see he's in a lot of pain and distress
1: yeah. doesn't want to hurt anyone like yeah. it's very sad so then the chandelier falls on Buffy, which, okay, this part bothers me a little bit because we've seen Buffy be pretty strong yeah. and she can't get the chandelier off of her. Well, It what does I, look like heavy
0: metal, though. What I noticed, though, is that she, her hands are trapped underneath. Mm. And so she's at a weaker place to try and put it off. Yeah. I think that if she had both of her arms in front of her, she could push it off. She could but also her be hands, stunned, too. Her hands are trapped underneath her. I and think that's, that's key. That's why you see her kind of like... Wiggle. Like, shoving it off of her is because mm-hmm. she's trying to get her arms free. Yeah. And as
1: soon as she gets her arms free, you see her lifted off of yeah. her. Yeah. But this whole scene with the, like, puppet running around her and then trying to stab her is really... Yeah. Like, it's actually freaky how terrifying this episode is. Like, surprisingly yeah. For, so. For, like, a puppet. Yeah. Right? It's a puppet. So the puppet's trying to stab at her, which then we're all like, all right, he must be bad, must be bad. And then... You have that funny moment where she pins him against yeah, the wall. Yeah, she's like, you'll never get a body
0: now. And then he's like, yeah, well, like, neither will you. And they're both like, what? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: right. Which is funny because I always forget that there's a twist in this one. I always, yeah. I'm like, okay, the puppet's evil. And then halfway through, I'm yeah, like, I whoa, forget. that's right. It's mm-hmm. not actually bad. So then you find out that the puppet is actually human and was cursed. He's a demon hunter. Which
0: is, this scene's funny because you see all of, like, the group's faces and they're all just yeah. kind of like... The puppet is
1: not only alive, it's, but he's also a demon hunter right. who has speech. And so he like confirms what they were saying about how the demons, the seven demons are in human form. But now he gets to stay in human form, that one last demon, for another seven years because he has both a brain and a heart. They're like, okay, process of elimination. We have to figure out which one of these people is the demon simply because they won't be here anymore. Yeah. And so he tells Jazz to do a power circle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And Giles was like, "Well, uh, what's oh, a power okay. circle?" <laughs> so then Cordelia freaking out, yeah, and Giles, like, "I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go up there and look so stupid. I'm gonna look like some kind of Buffy." Yeah, <laughs> judging yeah. me like some kind of Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> and then Giles is all like, "Just imagine everyone in their underwear." And she's like, "Even Miss Franklin." And he was like, "Oh, better not." Yeah. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> Then you have the scene between the puppet and Buffy where he says he, like, used to be with a slayer, a Korean slayer. So creepy. Buffy's just sitting here like, Yeah. But I think this is really kind of interesting because it shows that there are slayers of other ethnicities. And there's also slayers possibly from other countries, not just the United States. Yeah,
0: well, that – and it's also because – um he talks about how he's lived longer than a lot of bounders mm-hmm. and then he mentions i've also lived longer than a lot of slayers mm-hmm. which is like kind of like a sad chilling like idea it makes sense like you're literally slayers, just waiting around yeah slayers are in kind of like a dangerous line of work mm-hmm. and so it's like crazy that he's like talking about like them dying mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like ooh, like i don't like to think about that i think this is the first time that a specific slayer is being brought up other mm-hmm. than Buffy. Yeah. Like we talk about that to each generation there is a chosen one. Mm-hmm. You know, so if somebody dies, if a slayer dies, another one is chosen. Mm-hmm. We all know that. We know that there has, there's got to be so many before her. Mm-hmm. But it's the first time that like one specific one is being mentioned. Right. Which I, did know
1: this early on? I know. I always like to think, well, who was the Slayer before Buffy? Yeah, like, who is yeah, that yeah. person? You
0: mm-hmm. know, if we could do a whole show just on them, it'd be really interesting. Yeah.
1: I, I think that's probably what they're doing. The you mean the, the reboot newer show? Oh, I hope so. There hasn't been a lot. The I I one think, after no, or before? They're doing the
0: one after for sure. I don't think they're doing the one before.
1: I honestly think it'd be really cool if they did a show on like different Slayers. Like they would. Oh, do yeah, like, that'd be kind of cool. so cool. So the puppet says. That he's going to die, basically, after he gets this last yeah, demon. Yeah, very sad. Yeah, it is kind of sad, even he though wants he's kind to of a though. weird puppet. <laughs> he's like, I want to die. That's what I'd be done. And then we yeah. see Giles to his power circle. Was yeah, like, it was just like, okay, everyone gather around, uh, everyone gather around. Good luck, guys. And yeah. they're like, uh, okay. And so then they're essentially like, okay, everyone was there. Who is it then? And then we see that Sid is yeah. gone, and then we're like, Oh, were we duped? Yeah. Is it the puppet? But then it's
0: weird though mm-hmm. because then he goes backstage and this is the scene I was talking Snyder about. Like Snyder's sketch. there, and you're like, Wait, is it Snyder? He's like, just backlit. But it would make sense because he's there for all the rehearsals because he's the principal. Like right. it really it would make sense. Right.
1: And then Giles follows him, and you're kind of like, uh. Yeah. And then just as Giles follows him, Buffy finds a brain.
0: Yeah. I forgot about that when it was like dripping and yeah, I was like. Gross. Gross. Who leaves the brain just like laying
1: around. Um, like, this one has no further use to me, throws it. I don't need it. So then the demon has rejected Morgan's brain because he has cancer. Yeah. And I love how their initial thought is, oh, who's the next smartest person? Willow. Because she's right Mm -hmm. there while they're doing like flashes to Giles helping out that crappy musician. But it's also very cute because like they have this like scene where she's like, well,
0: what would he want with me? And then like uh xander's what's the square root of um what's the number he says
1: i have no idea something yeah he says um, (laughs) 144 i'm terrible
0: at math so he's like oh what's the square root of this number and then she like says it automatically she's like oh no oh yeah and then xander's
1: like giles can
0: handle himself he's He's really really smart (laughs) and then they're all like oh uh giles (laughs) yeah this scene poor giles man i'm like why would you willingly lie down though he was being so supportive I know. For, um, uh, th- that always confused me. I'm like, like, how would you coerce and just be like, okay, lie down, and I'm going to take this really sharp knife and make sure it's sharp enough to cut your head off. Yeah, he
1: asks like, for okay. the, how hmm. it works after he's strapped in. And also, we've seen that this magician is crap. So that's true. I would not trust him. I like take the blade off and then we'll do this. (laughs) He's essentially trying to guillotine him and Xander jumps in and grabs the the rope. rope like right after it snaps.
0: Well, the first thing I thought I'd do with the knife or whatever that is like what? There's no way they would allow that on campus. If this was a real school, they would not have he that. But it's, it's, also, it's sunny day yeah. man. Like, I they get guess, away with everything. Like, he also
1: snuck in a huge butcher knife to get the last heart, so. That's a lot
0: easier to bring that huge contraption in,
1: though. But you I'd can be just like, be like, oh, yeah. it's for my act. No, thank like, you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, and then Willow chops the lock and Buffy fights the magician whose name we find out is Mark. And she's not doing super hot until the puppet dude comes in and kind of like stabs him in the shoulder. Yeah. Which is hilarious. And then, um, oh, no, he doesn't stab him in the shoulder yet. My bad. He goes inside the magician's box. Yeah. And then he comes out as a demon. It was a like, it was Such hilarious. Such a smooth transition. Right. It was so much better than his last magic trick when he tried yeah. to get the girl to go in yeah. and then she didn't disappear. And this one, it looks like he disappeared. And there's
0: also that funny moment where Buffy kicks him and she sees a little bit of his skin and she's like, ew. ew. <laughs> Such a like share from Clueless moment. Yeah. But I also think it was really smart of like the directors to do this because it's like, well, we're low on budget. How can we have him transition yeah. without having to use CGI? Right. We'll put him in the box
1: right but it's also like he actually did a magic trick <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so he finally redeemed himself as a magician yep one last hurrah so then the puppet stabs him and yeah um they lay him down and guillotine him and yeah
0: which this you know, scene is the funniest thing to me because he's like oh no i have to kill him and it's you know it's very dramatic but i literally <laughs> like i died laughing because just the little like puppet like stabbing the demon and is the funniest thing. I know they can do a lot with effects and like, you know, <laughs> they had to make it a, like a dramatic moment, but well, it's the just funny. Can I can't clear the skin. Serious. Well, and it's literally two. He literally just goes like, Ugh, and, uh,
1: and then he's Ugh. like dead and just like dies. And it's just so funny to me. Well, they played the exact same sound effect that they normally do for like the vampires dusting, but yeah. the guy's I body noticed was that. dead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, that seems a little weird. Um, so then Sid becomes a puppet and then, okay, so imagine this. So Buffy's like gently holding this puppet and then she's like standing there all solemn and sad. And then you have the demon that's laying there with its head cut off and Xander's like still holding the rope and Willow and Giles are kind of sitting there like looking all flustered and then the curtain goes up. And Xander's like, I don't get it. Some (laughs) avant-garde thing. Or
0: there's like silence for I think what feels like a whole minute and they're just standing there. And then you see... I would have cut the see, curtain or something. I'd be like, that. come on. Well, you see Snyder, like, like, he's mentally trying to process what he's looking at. So he's sitting there, and you see his eyes are circling the whole stage. And he's like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, it's not like a... <laughs> I don't get it. This is weird. He's just like... He's, he's trying to understand, And he's like, I don't well,
1: get it. They must have heard. Because it's not like the curtain blocks out sound. I don't know though. Because have you ever been in the crowd it's before?
0: True. Like it's really loud. the play starts, it's so loud That's because true. it's meant to echo. In yeah. a lot of those rooms, they're built for sound.
1: Yeah, possibly. It's just funny.
0: So then, okay. So the then performance we have, at the oh, end. Like, I oh. die. My favorite Part of the whole like thing. So okay, good. so
1: viewer, if you have been watching Buffy, I am telling you, you need to watch it. Yeah, this it is all the, the one episode the where you need to absolutely you might watch be it. Be able
0: to YouTube it to Possibly. see the full thing yeah but it's like them like playing mm-hmm. and it's so funny because i think my favorite part is after willow says her little speech and then xander's turn and he goes ha ha and we move on and it like starts out <laughs> with oh, i just like or he, he looks it. like tortured his face is like he's mm-hmm. smiling at yep. one point he's like i forgot my limbs. yeah and then buffy's like oh oedipus oh oedipus like just monotone
1: <laughs> monotone so okay so do you guys know what that play is about Okay, so it's Oedipus. Oedipus Rex. Yeah. And it's basically about Oedipus. Who Isn't it goes, incest? Well, it kind of, yeah. Okay, so Oedipus goes to this seer who basically says, you're right. going to kill your father and marry your mother. It's, it's all
0: about how he's trying to avoid his yeah, like, so, fortune, which ends up making it come yeah, true. Yeah, so then
1: he his parents are like horrified and so he ends up like sailing away, way off to sea so that he like it'll never happen. And then I think he ends up killing his father who goes blind and then coming back and actually marrying his mother. And so Buffy's supposed to say. Um, Oedipus's mother, and Xander is Oedipus, and Willow is playing one of Zeus's um prophetesses or something <laughs> so like funny. that. So Joss Whedon said that this was the hardest, longest scene for them to film because everybody kept laughing. Oh, I yeah. believe. And it, it was actually ad-libbed. So if you know Buffy, Joss does not allow any what? ad-libbing in his in his show at all, but he allowed this one. Xander laughing, kind of like flubbing his lines <laughs> and stuff, was him like legitimately trying not That's to laugh. So funny. And then Willow taking off and running was. Ad libbed. She just took off, and you can. The last That's you hear funny. is actually the cameraman laughing. That's so funny. <laughs> that makes this
0: scene so much better yeah. for me. And but then you scan over and you see Snyder looking all like, What? Yeah, the and Giles is like, Giles is hiding his so face so embarrassed you can tell he's just like Well, he keeps rubbing uh, his head like he's like stressed
1: (laughs) this is all insider though he shouldn't have made them in there yep true um and the network actually cut this initially the scene because oedipus was married to his mother and talks about incest yeah incest so then um the network actually wrote a note to joss and said we realize that it's shakespeare but does he have to talk about sleeping with his mom (laughs) but joss Reedon cracks me up because he was like um it's not shakespeare Like, this was written 2,000 years before Shakespeare. This is one of, like, this is, like, ancient Greece. That's (laughs) so funny. So, yeah. uh, I I just think it's hilarious. And my favorite part is when Willow, like, takes off and runs because of her stage fright. And And then then Xander just, just, like, they scoot in. she, like, puts her hand on his, like, So funny, So good. Yep. Genius. One of the best ways to end an episode. My favorite. Yep. Yeah.
0: So that's the Pitch Show. That's our... Non-spoiler section. If you've been listening and you're a Buffy lover and want to continue on, we're going to talk about our Scooby secret section in a little Mm -hmm. bit.
1: Yeah, and if there's a favorite part that you have of this episode, the least rated episode of the entire show, if you have anything that you love about it or if you just don't care for it, you can email us at becomingbuffypodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram, becomingbuffypodcast. We've said it before, but we love talking with people about Buffy. And we we love hearing
0: other people's opinions and... Yep. you know, we already know how we all feel,
1: most for yeah. the most part. There's a few <laughs> surprises, but we want to hear from you guys. So please, please, please reach out to us. And as always, we will talk to you next time.
0: Welcome back for our Scooby Secret section. Um, part this of the show. When we'll we talk about spoilers, yeah, for real. That makes me think of uh, Veggie Tales. So it's like, welcome silly songs with Larry.
1: For those who know VeggieTales. <laughs> well, we've referenced it twice now, so I think they know now. <laughs> dang, have I really? This. Yeah, I you did? Said it's that. so it's you so ingrained in my, my last memory. You said that <laughs> <laughs> almost word for word. Really? You know? oh, yeah. oh my gosh! Come <laughs> <Now I'm laughs> cut it out.
0: I'm oh, not going to really be weird. seen taking the same joke. I'm going to do
1: that again next time and see what you have Absolutely to say about it. Absolutely not,
0: Okay, full disclaimer if this is the first time you're listening to our episode podcast um, this is the part where we talk about anything spoilery so if you don't want to know anything then just hop off now um, but if you've seen in your Buffy episodes. lover then yeah we have a few yeah. we don't have a ton this for this is, episode uh, this is spoilers for not only Buffy but also Angel as mm-hmm. well yeah Yep. we don't have a ton for this episode but I just have a couple small things um, the first thing actually that I noticed so the nightmare one is right after this right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. so yeah. they have a few correlations between yeah. scary things I noticed in this episode. That too. Like, immediately, Xander is scared of the mime, which he's scared of any people with face paint. Like, yeah, clowns. I think it just reminds him of clowns. Yep. Um, Buffy talks about you, Sarah, you mentioned bunnies, mm-hmm. and I just thought of like Anya. She's terrified <laughs> of bunnies. Yeah. Um, and then you see like Willow be have stage fright, mm-hmm. which is what she has to do in her dream mm-hmm. sequence where she has to perform in front of people. But yeah, that's the first thing that I thought of. Can yeah, you guys see anything in the beginning? I mean, I think one of the first notes that I wrote down was this: is the first episode with Snyder, yeah, which is super funny because then he one of his first lines is also talking about how the last principal got eaten, even though he got eaten. We tried recording this last night, and we were so out of it, and I accidentally spilled that during yeah. the non spiller part. Yeah, I was like, which is like, ironic because uh, it gets eaten, and I was yeah. like sat there and I was like, oh,
1: yeah. yeah, I can't say that. Well,
0: and um, we've watched interviews and stuff like that, and we know that the person who played Snyder was actually really good friends with the person who played Flutie. And um, he promised that he would come on the show only if he got eaten just like Mm. his friend did which is just so funny yeah
1: Yeah. the guy who played principal snyder um auditioned same time as the guy who played principal flutie and they were friends flutie got Mm. it but then he ended up dying five episodes four episodes later or something like that and so then when they're like hey we need a principal he was like oh my friend got eaten so that means i have to get eaten too yeah i think it's funny because snyder criticizes the way that flutie does his principaling basically he's mm-hmm. too friendly and stuff and saying that's why he got eaten yep. and yet Snyder is the complete opposite still gets eaten yep
0: yeah well that's I mean it's obviously personality. about personality
1: yeah the, yeah the hell mouth does not discriminate
0: yeah They're like you have a body and a brain I'll eat you or half a brain in Snyder's case true
1: I just wanna give a shout out to um the lovely cordelia and xander attention in this episode. oh my gosh i think this is the first
0: episode actually no this is the second episode Mm -hmm, the first episode episode. is the one where they're in the bronze yes and he's like i don't care what anyone said that dress doesn't make you look like a hooker (laughs) yeah that's probably the first time where i'm like "Mm, there is tension here but this episode you can definitely start to like feel that like when you have that much like emotion for someone it's gonna go somewhere
1: (laughs) yeah they're either gonna kill them or hex with them i think you said that before
0: yeah we're just gonna repeat everything we've said before
1: (laughs) this is what we're gonna do this episode
0: um sarah told me this but she said that Chris carpenter who played cordelia um joss came up to her and was like hey like can you sing Mm -hmm. and she was like no i can't but i can dance and he's like He's like, okay, good. And he walks away. And she's like, good how? Yeah. And she's like, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. And he wanted to make sure that she couldn't sing because he wanted
1: her to be like really bad Mm -hmm. in her song in this episode. That's just so evil, right? right? Exactly. Well, and it's funny too that they make a joke about how Willow could play the piano and um, Buffy and Xander could sing, which Mm -hmm. is hilarious because in Once With Feeling, Willow or Allison Hannigan begged, 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 begged not yeah. to sing, and she's she's the person who sings the least in that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I l- love her to death. She's literally one of my favorite actresses ever. But the girl, girl can't, can't sing. sing. Yep, and that's okay.
1: that's okay.
0: Yep, but um, I wanted to point out that this is like the first episode that really draws the attention to Buffy dying, mm-hmm. and not like obviously it's really? not a big moment, but he mentions like, oh, like you know. we oh, he talks about slayer he mortality. He talks about slayer mortality. That's really what I mean, mm-hmm. is that they, they bring attention to the fact that slayers do not live a long time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, by the time we reach the end of the season alone, Buffy dies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we reach season five, Buffy dies, mm-hmm. you know, and then like, it's that whole thing of like, it becomes a theme throughout the show that death is Buffy's gift. Mm-hmm. Slayers are pretty much born to die mm-hmm. like that's just their that's they have a death yeah. sentence immediately yeah you know we see spike mentioned that that every slayer by the time they reach a certain age has a death wish because they're just way down by the world and so it's like this is the very first taste of what buffy has to deal with for the rest of her life up until i believe in at the end of season seven you know mm.
1: is the fact of like she's a slayer and and stars are doomed to die. I thought it was interesting that you have um we talked about the references to bunnies, but I also wanted to talk about um the way Joss names characters on the show. Because you have Buffy, Bunny, which we talked about that, but you also have Cordelia. Cordelia was a character, a Shakespearean character. Um, I don't remember exactly who what she did, but she's very Shakespearean in how she acts. She's very um dramatic and over the yeah. top diplomatic and Xander. Alexander means um, savior of mankind, Mm. which I think is appropriate because season six, he saves the world. Mm. Willow with her love, deep love of magic roots. But Mm -hmm. Xander also saves the world in such a human way Mm -hmm. through emotion. Yep. Exactly, and it's just interesting how they named each of the characters very thoughtfully. I mean, obviously Angel and stuff, but it's just interesting to me. And it's also incredibly interesting and in that they're but um, both Spike and Angel have the same uh, regular name. They both are named William. Yeah, yeah, because I was like, I don't remember really having the same William, name.
0: Liam, same same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not getting that. <laughs> yeah,
1: but interesting because I don't think they had any plans at that point to give Spike a soul when they named Spike. Or William.
0: Will Liam, Liam, like William. It, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it could it, be a very loose it, nickname. Yeah. Well, what Liam means William. It's yeah. the Irish version of William. Yeah. So it's just interesting that they're both William and they both are vampires with souls and they both fall in love with Buck. Like, yep. It's just interesting. Both
0: two of the best characters on the show. <laughs> 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 Leah loves them. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, I just put down a bunch of like Snyder stuff already. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, like within the first second has his eyes narrowed in on Buffy and everyone yeah, else uh, in a second. Snyder's one of those characters where you're meant to hate him and you kind of love him because he's Snyder, but mm-hmm. you, you do hate him. And in this mm-hmm. episode, I'm just like, oh, Snyder. Oh, I forgot about this. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to talk about it. When Cordy says, I'll, I'll be like Buffy... I just think of the sentence she says in Angel. She's like, oh, don't be a cry, Buffy. Or yeah, I don't want to be a cry, Buffy. Yes, so yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's like seasons away. Well, and, and she says Xander, it like that. Xander. She clearly thinks of Buffy as like a wimpy person, yet like. But I think she doesn't. I think it's just the fact that She's of, trying like, to overcompensate. Yeah. Because she wants to be that person. She wants to be the strong, passionate woman. But yet Buffy's like physically really strong. And she thinks of herself as like mentally and confidently mm-hmm. strong. But yeah, I just thought
1: it was really funny. Um, Snyder talks about how he hates kids. And then in a later episode, he says how much he hates kids. I forget which episode it is. And um, Giles is walking with him again. and goes, have you ever thought that maybe you're in the wrong line of work? I oh, yeah. yeah. Seriously, man. I'm
0: like, I mean, granted, I feel like this is way too common that teachers or principals don't like kids. And they go into that profession. And I will die on that hill that if you don't like kids, don't work with kids. Like, yeah. I hate that people will do that because it's just like, in their mind, it's like, oh, it's an easy job. You just make lesson plans for one year Which and continue that. Which is not. Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> Let me not. Tell you. If you're doing it right, it's not.
1: I wonder a lot of times if um, they go into it because they like having the power over children. I was children. about to say that. And I think that's it's why the, I control. Oh, I believe it. Mm-hmm. It's the
0: control because they're thinking, oh, adults don't like me. At least I can control and manipulate a classroom of kids. Well, that and it's like they, it's having any side, like sort of control or domination over people Mm -hmm. and And unhealthy yeah and i think that that's like one of the things that's really sad for kids is that they feel like people just love bossing them around and honestly sometimes it's really true that like teachers and authority figures especially in school just kind of like to
1: boss the kids around well and i think principal snyder is supposed to be a caricature of that someone who comes in and is merely a principal because they like being in charge well and
0: they also the first thing you know about snyder is that he is like adolf hitler yeah because they call him fear but they connect him to that because they i think they want you to see him as like this dictator this harsh person who just like does not have a care for his people he just wants to rule Mm -hmm. well not only that i feel like when bad principles come into a school rather than just listening and understanding people they start like typecasting people they're like you're a bad kid Mm -hmm. i see this and he does that with buffy right away which again if he had known who she was If she was a slayer, like he would have been like, oh, no, she's actually helping a lot of people. But it's like, well, you seem like you're in a lot of mischief. You're a bad kid. Yeah. And a lot of like principals do that. They peg people in light and They feel like they can only be that. Yeah. And I think one thing about this episode is that it's um, that all of them together make like one cohesive group. So it's like Buffy is the hands of the group because she carries Mm -hmm. out the actions. Um, Willow is the spirit. The spirit. Yeah. Thank you. And then Xander is the eyes and the heart mm-hmm. of the group because he sees everything, but he also, like, connects the group, mm-hmm. which I think he really grows into that. You don't really see that as much mm-hmm. in the earlier seasons, but he definitely grows into it. And Giles is the brain, it. right? And Giles is the brain. And that's what I wanted to mention is that this episode really shows oh. Giles is the brain because yeah. they go after Giles's. I didn't brain. Even think about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's Well, good. I
1: was actually going to talk about that. There's a lot of... Um, a correlation or a references back to uh, restless, because restless is where you see all four of those coming mm. to play, but yeah. you also have. um, giles's role in that episode in um, willow's dream is that he is the person on that's behind the scenes getting the stage ready kind of the same role he has in this one he does he has a power circle just the same as Mm. he has here like a pep talk right (laughs) willow's afraid of um being on stage in that Mm -hmm. one again um it's just really it's interesting you also have um xander's fear of um being left behind his yeah. fear about um what what it is to be a man you find out he was abused in that one you also have buffy finding out okay and this is really interesting so you have buffy finding out that she um uh well you know, she doesn't find out in that one but then she meets the first slayer but um so sid the puppet initially he uh, thought that Buffy was the demon. Yeah. We find out in season seven Buffy has essence of demon inside of her. Right. So it's quite possible that he sensed the demon that was inside mm, of her. Maybe. That's true. Yeah.
0: And it's also it's so funny to me that he calls himself a demon hunter because all I could think about was Wesley yeah, from I mean, Angel, who's like, I'm a rogue, rogue demon. demon hunter. It's <laughs> like, love well, the Wesley. last demon hunter we saw on the show was a puppet. So if you really want to be, me. if you really want to be compared to that, go right ahead. Yep. Yeah. The so. I I only have like one thing, but um, the demon that the other kid is—I don't remember what he said his name was. Mark, yeah, Mark. Um, him and his demon form looks a lot like the demon, the
1: skin eating demon, the gnarl in the seventh season. Yes, yeah, the gnarl demon.
0: Is that was called mm-hmm. how do you know all this? stuff? Oh, I've watched goodness. Buffy like 15 yeah. times, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's the gnarled, yeah. Moment. The
0: one, or for just for you guys you to know, see? in the seventh season, oh, like that. where that we're, that only Willow can see him. It's yep. when she comes back after killing Warren, mm-hmm. and he's all green and he has long uh-huh. fingers. Oh, that was one of the creepiest by I far, because yeah. yeah. he's like. Cutting off her skin. Oh, okay. He's I'm getting way off board. her skin yeah. off of her. Ooh, um, but there is and They something. get paralyzed and they can't move. Ooh. Like she's string cheese. Oh, ew! What the? <laughs> Why <else? laughs> yeah, That's gross. I will say. Um, there's one thing I want to ask you guys: is what do you think Don would be doing? Oh yeah, we haven't done. We that forgot in a while. about that. Yeah. Dang it, we um, need to remember to this. I feel like she would have gone to the puppet show. <laughs> she'd been laughing at her. Yeah. She'd be in the front row with Giles. Yep. Well, I also think that when Buffy is in her room and then she screams about the puppet, you know Don would have come in and been like, ah, you're woke me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like she would have, we were talking about this yesterday in the Angel episode because we didn't talk about it then. I definitely feel like she'd be the one snooping in her like oh, diary. reading Buffy's diary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she would have probably caught Angel. He'd probably have to like, um, bribe her, bribe her to yeah. like not say anything to
1: Joyce. Yeah, yep. Okay, so yeah, she definitely would have been at the puppet show. She definitely would have been um, heckling Buffy and probably thinking Xander was doing an amazing job. Oh yeah, oh, my like she's like, oh my goodness, she Buffy, would have been laughing. Awful, but Xander carried the. Whole she show. would have been laughing at Xander playing with the puppet the entire time and saying, yeah. Buffy, it's just a puppet. Like, true, get over it. Yeah. yeah,
0: especially since she's really young at this point. She's what, like in late elementary or early junior high, yeah. something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. She would have been 10. Yeah, she would have been 10. So, Yeah, we should definitely incorporate what would Dawn do in mm-hmm. our segments because it's highly entertaining. Do you guys have anything else? Nope, I think that's it. It was kind of a shorter one, but. Yeah. Yeah, and there, were,
0: there's not a whole ton of like foreshadowing mm-hmm. or things in this, but it's still a really good episode.
1: Yeah, and it's just one of those that is really fun to just go back and watch as a standalone. Like I yeah. would enjoy if I just wanted a good laugh. That scene alone at the end is worth worth the whole episode. There's
0: no ending to the rest of the show that has something that funny in it.
1: Oh, it's so funny. Yep. So good. Well, I would argue the one where she talks about you had sex with my mother uh, um, or is twice that the ending of an and episode? then he hits yeah. tree and it's the end of the episode yeah uh, i would argue that is almost I forgot. as good i didn't know that was at the end of the yeah. episode oh yeah, no, she's I like when that. you're not too busy having sex with, with my, my mother, my mother <laughs> and <relaxes> the tree.
0: <laughs> that that um line always reminds me of in i'm a huge office fan but it reminds me of when pam finds out that um michael had sex with her mother and she's like you had sex with my mother yeah right oh that's scene buffy transcends thing. all tv shows yeah <laughs> or the moment where he's like he's like um she's like oh michael who is it and he looks at her and he's like he doesn't say anything but he looks at her and she's like who is it michael oh yeah who is it <laughs> oh, yeah. she's like slowly gets like who is it michael <laughs> yep <laughs> And then she goes, oh, my (laughs) God.
1: Anyway, on that note, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, Feel free to follow us. Um, We mentioned our email and Instagram earlier. But, um, yeah, I hope you guys had as much fun as we did. Yeah, if we missed anything, if you guys uh,
0: felt the need to point something out or something that you liked that we pointed out, uh, feel free to contact us. We love to hear anything regarding spoilers or things like that. We just
1: love to learn about the show. And we'll see you guys next time.